on Pilot Co-Pilots, we have Tim Kazarinski and discuss Fuller House with the Second City's Daniel Strauss. Hello and welcome to another episode of Pilot Co-Pilots, where each episode we talk to TV industry guests and take you on a guided tour through the pilot episode of one of this season's newest shows. That's right, we treat each new series like a Domino's pizza. We're probably more willing to keep going if we're drunk. (laughs) Ain't that the truth. (laughs) I'm Maya Boudreau. And I'm Evan Watkins. And today we've got what everyone's been waiting for. That's right. We watched the pilot of Fuller House. (laughs) And lived to talk about it. Well, um, (laughs) uh, but before we get started, uh, is there anything else TV-related that you want to talk about uh, today? Um, Well, I watched Love, the new Netflix series. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, How was that? You know what? The pilot was tough for me to get through. I just didn't really engage that much. I just kind of... I just didn't relate to the whole messy hipster Silver Lake vibe of it all. Uh-huh. But I really wanted to give it a shot because I really like Paul Rust. Uh, and I kept watching and it, and it did win me over a little bit. I think he has a really good performance in that, um, in the show. And, oh, good. And I'll probably keep watching. Nice. Uh, we also have been watching 112263 on yes. Hulu uh, with James Franco. And I, I've been enjoying that. It's good. Well, it's Stephen King. You yeah. Know, he's great. He always does does good work. So. I like it. Um, and then, you know, I read about this new show that I'm kind of excited about. It's called Greenleaf, um, and it's going to be on OWN in May, and it is a Like sh- Oprah? Yeah, Oprah, network? Oprah's network. Okay. Um, it's about a, a family that has a megachurch. And the secrets and lies because, uh, you know, of this family empire that is a megachurch. And Oprah is going to play the sister of the matriarch. She's in it? Yeah. Wow. I know. So I hope we get to watch that. (laughs) Sounds good. Yeah. Okay, well, let's let's do it. Let's let's get on with it. Uh, first, our discussion about Netflix's Fuller House. And then we interview Tim Kazarinski, screenwriter, actor, and Second City and Saturday Night Live alum. Here we go. All right. Uh, we are here with Daniel Strauss, cast member of the Second City main stage. Uh, we're lucky to have him to talk about Fuller House with us today. I'm so excited to be here to talk about <laughs> Fuller House. I can't even tell you. Um, a little yeah, plot, brief synopsis. Brief, brief synopsis from mm-hmm. IMDb. DJ Tanner Fuller is a recently widowed mother to three boys. Going through this very difficult time for her, losing her husband and her her kids losing their father, she seeks for the help of her best friend and neighbor since childhood, Kimmy Gibbler, now raising a teenage daughter on her own, as well as her middle sister, Stephanie, an aspiring singer who's always on the road. I mean, the Tanners are cursed. I mean, can you imagine this happening? Don't marry a Tanner. (laughs) You're gonna die. Yeah, exactly. Now he died. Interestingly. Arguably more admirably than Bob Saget's wife died. She yeah, died in an she auto died in accident. But he died saving people oh, from right. fire. He was a fire. <laughs> oh my god! There's just one line. Like, I mean, he died doing what he loved, saving people from <laughs> fires. Like, I don't know if he was loving it at that. I moment. don't think he was loving it. They they like glaze over it. Oh, yes. yes, it's one line. Well, I, they don't acknowledge that this happened twice in a family. Like, no, that's why would huge. you? Don't don't. Let's not read Good into point. that. You know what I mean? Like, if we think about that too much, like our heads are gonna. Like, people we love die in crazy ways oh and abandon us with three children. It's just yeah, a thing that yeah, happens to yeah. us. But it, 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 I, so before watching this one, I watched the, the pilot. My wife and I watched the, the pilot mm-hmm. of the, the first series together. Thank and you the, for doing that. Oh, yeah. We didn't think to do it. Now I wish we had. It, but... was, it was her idea. She, uh-huh. she, she, I was like, because like I watched this show when I was a kid, but like didn't realize. Going back, I was like, it was more like a, a, almost like a mood, like a feeling. Like you yes. watch this show and you just remember. It's like yeah. you are watching the 90s. Um, and in the pilot of the original Full House, it's almost exactly the same. There's like one line of like, uh, I think it's um, Uncle Jesse's, you know, he says like, you know, I loved uh, my sister, uh, you know, I loved her. And I don't even think they say that it was an auto accident. Uh-huh. Like he yeah, just says like, I loved her, later I love these whatever. kids, yeah. and I'm going to be here, and I'm sorry that she's dead. And yeah. then that's, you know, they move right into the next joke or something. I mean, like, really, you can't linger on it too too long, because yeah, again, right. that would be super depressing. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, for sure. <laughs> but it doesn't stop them from opening the program with a shot of the newest member of the family in a car seat. Yeah. Isn't that weird yeah. to think that about? That is weird. I yeah. never registered that. No, you wouldn't, but it's weird. Yeah. It is weird. It's weird. It's weird. Yeah. It opens up, and it's the same the same credits as before, well, really. Well, with one minor difference, Carly Rae Jepsen. Right. Yeah. Oh, was yeah. that her? Oh, yeah. I was I trying know. to think. Yeah. I'm pretty was. sure that's Carly Rae Jepsen. That oh, so you'd be good here. Yeah, that I'm was a big good fan. Here. I'm a big Carly fan. She's great. She's, she's great in Grease Live. After Grease Live. Terrific in yeah. Grease Live. Yeah. She's terrific in everything she yeah. does. Guys. She's, Get she's a cutie. She's going to be around for a while. <laughs> I said, I think that's Carly Rae, and then at the end, I said, yep, sure wow. enough, Carly Rae Jepsen doing that's the vocals. A great ear. Otherwise, almost exactly the same. Yeah. I mean, not since Full House, or before, has there been something like Full House, mm. where it was just so sanitized, and, you know, live audience, but also just so, I don't remember, and I don't think they did, but I don't remember them playing to the audience as much as they are doing in this, yeah. in this well, Fuller House. So. They kind of have to, because it's it's... They're nodding to the old show anyway in remaking it. So it's kind of necessary a little bit. Um, yeah. But, I mean, their entrances. I mean, we can just start Half there. Half of the show is just applause. Oh, man. <laughs> so oh, man. we open up, and it's Bob Saget, and he pops up from yeah. behind the Where do we open up on nobody? Oh, yeah, we open we up, open on, up a baby. On, on, yeah, on a baby. And then, like you said, the pop-up. You're like, oh, God. It's like they did, like... They're like, well, we'd like to start it with just Bob Saget on, but we can't. He can't have left the baby alone. <laughs> he needs an entrance. Yeah, Bob, we'll have you just pop up from behind the counter, like, <laughs> and then just applause, applause, oh, yeah. just oh, applause, yeah. and every single person gets the applause. Yeah, mm-hmm. and well, they each get an entrance with their like tagline. Yeah, they, until the new kids come on, and then it's just like, we don't know you, we don't know you guys, yeah. we don't care. <laughs> like the only people who don't get any sort of like, it's like, sorry, we'd clap, but. People I'm actually it. surprised it didn't happen. Didn't, not the, even a little bit. All of the adult cast who came back, with the exception of the daughters, just looked exhausted and hungover <laughs> and just like puffy and just like they thought. I got the feeling that they really thought this would be fun, like to have a reunion yeah. and see the old group again, the old gang. And then on set was a whole different story. Well, maybe, Bob Saget yeah. looks just... Well, the funny thing about Bob Saget in the beginning when they're all regretful. getting their entrances is Bob Saget is just laughing. Yeah. yeah. He's like... He, he's like... He just thinks it's hilarious that it's all happening. <laughs> and I felt like, oh, he's me. He's the audience he's right now. Because yeah. he's just like, this is ridiculous. Here's the other so thing about Bob Saget is he's kind of spent like the rest of his career post Full House doing everything he can to disassociate yeah. himself from his yeah. character on Full House. <laughs> Dirty like, Daddy, the Exactly. Book he appears in that Aristocrats yes. movie. Yes. He's like the foulest guy in the yeah. whole thing. Yes. So it's a little funny to see him back in that role yeah. in knowing like that he spent so much time being like, I'm going to say... Anything disgusting I can think of, so that people won't associate me with this role <laughs> yeah. anymore. And now it's like and he doesn't. Back. Yeah, and it the, it just doesn't fit anymore. Not like quite. he's not Danny anymore. No. Like things are different. He's winking the whole time. Yeah, yes. you know. They all yeah, are, his right? Danny pants don't fit anymore. It's just different. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then they they acknowledge Mary Kate and Ashley, um, with a deadpan oh. stare into the camera, which was. What'd you guys think of that? I thought it was actually very rude. I thought it was mean. I didn't like. You're it also either. Maya is a huge Mary <laughs> Kate Ashley. That's great, and I think she that, follows like listen, not only them on Instagram, but like fan accounts of them on Instagram. Whatever. Look, I we think two seconds ago, it, no, no, I think two seconds ago, I said I was a huge Carly Rae Jepsen fan. So there's <laughs> no, there's <laughs> no judgment. Just you know what I mean? But no here's judgment. what I'm saying. She, those girls didn't want to be actors. They were basically sold into the whole profession. They were babies. So they yeah. were babies. So if they don't want to go back to the reunion. They didn't. Sh- they are not acting anymore. They run a, you know, a billion dollar industry. Like <laughs> they, they not- actually have a legitimate excuse. Did like, they not want to do it? This no, they didn't want to do this. Yeah. I thought I that the. I thought though. I mean, I, obviously, this shows a little bit aware that it's, you know, that it's a, 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 a taking place twenty nine years after the original. Like it's it's like like you said, like winks and nods. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. thought completely shattering the fourth wall. Six minutes into the first episode Bold. was a choice yeah. I I probably wouldn't have made. Yeah. So I think there's a way to kind of breeze over it and and keep moving. Like you have to address it, yeah. but like to completely have everyone de- like deadpan look out at the crowd. It's like yeah, you're already insulting me as a viewer a little bit. I have an idea. They could have written a joke about it. That, that would be right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that 
paperwork. And yeah, so yeah, just yeah. like, yeah, you guys are in New York, do it, doing your thing. Yeah. Also, who's the audience for this? Like, we're gonna watch the pilot, and maybe we'll watch a few episodes. But kids are gonna be watching this. Kids are yeah. obsessed so. with Full House reruns. My nephews and nieces are obsessed with Full oh, House. Yeah. The way you know, I watched it growing up. They watch rerun reruns on Nickelodeon like crazy. I mean, interesting. And with the children, kid cast, I mean, it's for it's. For kids, right? It feels right? like it's aimed at children, yeah. Yeah, I really Well, think it kind is. of. I will say, like, the original Full House had such a nice, wholesome, every 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 episode had a, a moral. Yeah, right, right, right. Or, you know, you learn something. it out at yeah, the end. Exactly. Right. Yeah. But there was a lot of weird, perverted jokes in this at the same time. Mm. And Stephanie's <laughs> second entrance. Are we talking about this now? We have to talk right, about it. It was a character in the show, so I think. Oh her gosh. cleavage. Wow. I mean. You can't call that cleavage. That was a full display. Her, her tits were out. Yeah. Her exactly. tits were on full display they the entire time. Was there even a couple jokes about? Yeah, there well, were like one. DJ acknowledged it. She was like, you're showing a little too much skin or something, but she doesn't cover them up. I mean, it's full They're, side boob and a little under boob. It's a under lot boob, of boob. It's cut in such boob, a way. Yeah. It's not called for. They sought that top <laughs> out. Like it wasn't called it's for. It's not called for. It's it might have been much. in her contract. She was like, I gotta show it my boobs. It seems like please. something she wanted to have happen. I don't know. I don't know. I, have, I mean, I, all I can say is I saw. I, I said she. It feels like she is trying to immediately disassociate herself as a performer <laughs> from the character she used to play on this show. <laughs> However, the one issue with that is she is still on this show. <laughs> so while on one hand it feels like she's being like, I'm not a little girl anymore. It's like. But you're kind of still playing that character. Yeah. You're still saying the same line. Yeah, yeah. Like, exactly. How rude with her boobs just flailing everywhere. <laughs> How rude I that mean, her boobs are out so much. Prominent. Yeah. And by the Don't way. Don't raise your arms. No, 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 <laughs> Stephanie, please. <laughs> they get this dressed up. You find out that we're going to go to a party. The party is <laughs> downstairs. <laughs> They're not going out anywhere. They're literally walking downstairs. You're wearing yeah. it. So it's like, oh, that's what you're going to wear in? Like, <laughs> yeah. It was that a was loud choice. Too. Yeah, and, and the party is <laughs> really the party weird. is because um, Danny and Becky have gotten a I'm nationally national. syndicated morning show, <laughs> and they're moving to LA. Wake um, up, LA! Wait, no, wake up, wake up, USA? nation! Wake up, USA! USA whatever. Um, and uh, Jesse is writing, composing music for General Hospital. He said, so <laughs> he's moving he to LA, yeah. and then Joey has a show in Vegas. So they're going to sell the house, and this is a going away party, right? Um, Featuring them and four men. <laughs> I I literally at one point was like, okay, so everyone's at this party, but it's only family. Except, wait, is this a costume party? <laughs> yeah. But then it just ended up being Jesse's. They band. were the, it's the rippers. Yeah, yeah, it was the rippers, right? But somebody even <laughs> Which says, who like, would I'm, know? DJ's even like, I'm ready for you guys to leave. Like, <laughs> so, like, before anyone like, even knows who they are, we're like, well, why did she invite? We're, these I just, just like noticed they were there. Yeah. Um, who are these men? I, I hope those are the same rippers. That would really I'm be sure they I, are. Listen, I'm positive. Yeah, I'm <laughs> sure they are, yeah. Um, they were all in costumes, though. They were I, the only ones that dressed up in costumes for the party. I don't know. Yeah. I have to say, I was really impressed with Steve's performance. I think he was the only performance that was subtle. And oh, I thought well, Steve, he did a yeah. nice job. I giggled when he came in. But I, it wasn't like, oh, this is funny. It was like, <laughs> this is ridiculous, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, he immediately puts it all on the line, basically saying, I'm instantly. here waiting for you. Yeah. Like, there was not a second of, you yeah. know, getting to know but her again. But also says or, like, something about, like, okay, the dog is is pregnant, right? He yeah, somehow so has he Connick have... Jr. Jr. Right. He's the guardian. I guess when Why? the show ended, Steve took, <laughs> took the dog to Comet? Comet. And so Comet's going to have these babies. But the, That but, was rushed through so quickly that I yeah. had no idea. We had to rewind that part. We were I like, thought he pregnant? said exactly. Yeah. In one breath, he's like, yeah, she's pregnant, getting all big. And I, don't, I would go, okay, so he's married yeah. and his wife's going to have a kid. And then he's like, by the way, I'm available. I'm like, oh, that's inappropriate. It's exactly the thing <laughs> exactly. we did. Yeah. So obviously it. that's the same thing that everyone will experience yeah. when they're yep. watching this. And then I had to look up because he comes over and he's like, the puppy, the dog's going to have puppies. Can you help? I'm like... 
can you do, she has three kids, can you do this? I know. But apparently well, she's a vet. She is. She oh, runs a pet clinic. Right. See, is that from that. the old show at all? Or that's... <laughs> yeah, as a teenager, she... I don't know, is that like, so like she like expressed an interest in I don't remember don't really her remember even in, ever interacting with the dog, so like, I don't know. Do they... I don't remember anyone saying... Do they say earlier in the episode, and, and you run your pet clinic? I, the thing I, is, well, is I like, don't think Stephanie ever wanted to be a singer. They, I think they just were like... None of them ever had an identity outside of being the oldest, the middle, and the baby. Yeah. So... They just had to make a career. Whatever that. careers they yeah. wanted, yeah. there was no. Uh, and Steve is a podiatrist, which is fitting. That it makes really sense. is yeah. fitting. Yeah. I was like, oh that yeah, he good. looks like he might be a podiatrist. Yeah, it makes yeah. sense. Um, but yeah, he's like, he just, he's like, DJ, you want me back? I'm here. Yeah, yeah. which well, is more kind. Than one although maybe yeah. in like not very sensitive since her husband just died. We don't Par- know. Perished in a fire, like. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I feel like when you die in a fire, you you perish. But I think that's accurate. Yeah. Steve, thanks for coming by. Oh my god, are you kidding? Free food. <laughs> so how's Comet Junior Junior doing? Oh, she's doing great. She's about to go into labor, but I'm the one putting on all the pregnancy weight. <laughs> I think you look great. So do you. Listen, DJ, I know you're not ready to start something new or uh, restart something old, but I want you to know that when you're ready, I'm going to be right here. Little weenie? Actually, I'll be right over there. I love those. <laughs> um, and then Kimmy's ex came in, some like. It's funny because he's hot. I don't know. She has a kid with the guy, too. I like this. I like this plot. I'll be (laughs) honest. This is working for you? Yeah. So I like the idea of this kind of... Was he Italian? Did he have an accent? He was like Spanish. Okay. So this Spanish man who's separated from Kimmy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, Trying to win her back. But he's obviously a sleazebag. I think this is going to be a recurring theme. He's like, he's the new Steve or whoever, you know, Uh like, yeah, he's going to be a constant in Kimmy's life. And I Uh, found it charming. Okay. Uh, I did not. (laughs) (laughs) I I did not. I couldn't wait for him to leave. (laughs) I I was really happy for that actor, whoever he is. Because what an opportunity. He had more energy than anyone in the room. (laughs) No question All put together. Yeah. Yeah. He came in ready to work. Oh, the kids. Uh, the kid. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know What either. can we even do with them? It's I hard. Mean, it's just... It's hard because the kids on the original are, like, amazing and yeah. hilarious and half the show. The adults are half. The kids are half. Right. So I imagine casting this was really difficult because you do have to find kids that are going to sustain plots and bring something to the table, bring comedic timing and just... An ability to carry a story, I suppose. And yeah. I'm not so sure. Well, we haven't really seen. Yeah, yet. they didn't really give them an opportunity this episode because they were trying to get in as much saget as they could. Yeah, that's true. I mean, in the initial, and I think back to the initial pilot, and in the initial, I mean, there's three generations here. Right? Mm-hmm. In the initial pilot, it's just two. The, yeah. the, the, the first pilot starts off with the grandmother leaving. And being like, oh, and Jesse's mom, right? Uh, or is it no, his mom? Jesse it's his, and Danny. It's Bob Saget. Okay. Danny's they're, mom. But they're brothers. They're brothers in law. Yeah. Oh, brothers in law, right? Pamela. Jesse's, Jesse's Pamela's. <laughs> Pamela is the deceased wife. Mm-hmm. Jesse is Pamela's brother. I think it's Pamela. We need to like uh, map this out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they, no, you really do. It's like true detective. Uh, yeah. Dry erase. Because initially you're just like, why are these people living here? It's like, and the reasons are very loosely kind of like, mm-hmm. Joey's not even related to anyone. He's no. just Danny's friend. Which is yeah. sad. You know? Wow. Well, like he, had, he really, I mean, it's sweet. He really committed his entire life to. Kimmy's going to do the same thing now. Yeah, she is. Kimmy's not related to that family. Oh, no. yeah. yeah. She, oh. Half the time she wasn't even invited. No, that's that's funny. That's a joke. <laughs> she just shows. She up. just shows up. He never got that lock fixed. No, she just opens the door. I did feel a little bad. Like I felt bad for Dave Coulier's entrance because as as much applause as he got, I was just like, "Oh, you're still doing this." Yeah, you're still wearing like the same shirt, and I know you still have Mister Woodchuck, which he shows he up sure later. Did, yeah, but it was like kind of charming and endearing when he was thirty. And now that he's fifty five, it's just it's just yeah, it's, uh, it's outdated apart comedy with him and Alanis Morissette. You know, yeah, so you know, we all know. Get, we all know how that ended up. You know, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, he the dude leads off with a Bullwinkle impression. <laughs> yeah, like this is supposed to be modern day, right? And he's yeah. doing a Bullwinkle, yeah. and like. Yeah. 
Florida. Like, I'm not saying he should be doing, like, uh, I, I don't some other, like, modern. Yeah. SpongeBob. Sponge, yeah, I'm not, exactly. I'm not saying he should lead with SpongeBob, but, like, maybe he should lead but with maybe Sponge, he no, should SpongeBob. SpongeBob is a good SpongeBob. one, actually. SpongeBob be good at that. SpongeBob is a good one. Yeah. Like, it's, expand yeah. your repertoire. Maybe Bullwinkle like, is it. in the public domain now, and that's why. It's like, <laughs> so, we can well, say it without having what, to pay. You know, something else that's probably in the public domain is the Flintstones theme, which they sing two times. And here's, twice. I'm so glad you brought this up. <laughs> Here's the thing. So, all right. So I watched that first fire, first pilot, right? Yeah. And I was talking about it with some friends backstage. And I was like, did you know that the, the original Full House pilot ends with the cast of Full House singing the Flintstones theme to Michelle? I'm like, no, that can't be right. And you watch it. It's the weirdest thing. You, It's bizarre. Yeah. That's how it ends. Yeah. And by the way. Don't try to tell me that everybody in that family knows that courtesy of Fred's right. two feet line. Nobody knows yeah. that line. All the children know that line. <laughs> they learn Nobody that. knows Nobody that Nobody knows line. that line. <laughs> so, the, so when they split screened it, and this was, yes. oh, you have to split screen it. Very you bizarre. But you have to do it because otherwise no one would know what you're referencing. Because yeah. it's so bizarre. Oh, it is. Yeah, and you even are like, when was this taped? What is this from? <laughs> and that's that's the sort of thing where you're like... Okay, you're making you're trying to you're trying to mirror the the original Full House episode, right? But there were some things that probably weren't great, like the Flintstones thing. So replace it replace with something. It. Yeah, do something better. Like do a nod to it. Don't just do the same thing with the split screen, which oh my but gosh was so strange. We've stumbled on guys. We've stumbled on a problem that is indicative of any of these reboots. reboots. Yeah, right. That they come back, they yeah. come back fast, mm-hmm. seemingly overnight, <laughs> and they come back for nostalgia value, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And and they are, in a way, the the BuzzFeed article yeah. of television shows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of meat on the bones in this pilot. No. It's really <laughs> no, just none. like, did you like the first one? Did you, did you like it? Okay. Mm-hmm. This isn't going to be as good as that. But, but here it is again. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Here's the Splenda version of the sugar that was the first one. <laughs> yeah. And uh, hopefully you'll keep the subscription. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, well, the, yeah. I mean. They, there's not a lot of new exploration. I mean, for Christ's sake, in the middle of the show, there's a choreographed dance to new kids on the block. <gasps> yeah. They just break into choreographed yeah. dance. Yeah. Well, yeah. okay, so this show is create. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, you're right. They do. I don't know. I don't know. Again, like a reference to the '90s, not needed. Pick a new song. Pick a, another Carly or Rae just, Jepsen song. Well, I agree with you. That. <laughs> <laughs> I just said whatever I was going to say. Yes, right. Um, but Jeff Franklin, who was the creator of Full House, the original, he also. Maya and I were looking up. We can't find any other writers. He wrote this episode that we do know. Oh, interesting. Um, but. Is he going to write them all? I, I really don't know. I don't think so. And it's like, <laughs> this guy should know a little better to like, you know, up the ante. Although he's probably getting old because he was a writer on Laverne and Shirley and Bosom Buddies before this. Wow. And then he created Full House and he created Hanging with Mr. Cooper. So it's not like he's like, he. it was a one hit wonder with Full House. This is a guy that should know what he's doing. Uh, but... Even the, even the biggest fans, I, I feel like, aren't good. The Flintstones song? That. Well, that's why they had to do the split screen. You're right. I mean, we would have no, no idea. You would otherwise be like, why are they singing this song? <laughs> well, and then another song is sung. Well, I can't say song. Oh, my. It's, <laughs> it's, oh my God. it's mouth. There is so much it's, bizarre. It's Uncle Jesse's one hit forever. No, no, no. Hit in Japan. Yeah. He had a big hit song in Japan. I do remember this song, though. Yeah. There were a few montages. To the, they used this song a lot. And the, they the all series. sing it together. And I will say, I mean, obviously it's pre-recorded, but they make uh, John, John Stamos. Stamos and Stephanie, because now she's a singer, sound really, really good. Sure. <laughs> sure. But it's so weird because then it's the, the, the family is the chorus, but it's obviously not them. It's I mean, backup singers. Look, so this is a device that has precedence on this show, right? <laughs> there were episodes where he yeah. would sing a song, and there'd mm-hmm. be, like you said, there'd be a montage. Mm-hmm. Okay, fair enough. It doesn't happen in the pilot. I'll tell you that. And it's probably the sort of thing that maybe you keep in your back pocket for a little while. Yeah. When you think about all that. the devices that we've dropped into this one already, mm-hmm. so the, the choreographed dance, the 
song sing along mm-hmm. the split screen the split screen right we're already dipping into the breaking the fourth mm-hmm. wall we've yeah. dipped into the bag of tricks yeah. quite a bit yeah. here mm-hmm. yeah. it doesn't particularly bode well for the rest of the series that we're already in the first episode being like we gotta fill it with something yeah you know I don't know <laughs> and so they chose forever Becky and Jesse do have they a great, have great relationship yeah yeah and also it's like 29 a, years so sweet and he literally does. I mean, I know we everyone knows he doesn't age, but when they do no. the split screen intros, no. unbelievable. They show him sp- like playing guitar and then leaning back and like you know mugging, and he looks identical. Well, he Becky, Becky too. Lori Loughlin looks great too. They I keep each other the, young. The people yeah, that look do. the most the same are him, Becky. And Kimmy actually looks like very similar to Kimmy what she looks did. exactly like Kimmy. Yeah, she, she looks really like does. a grown-up she version of Kimmy. Today. Yeah, um, she still has that character so down. I thought she the it's most in her bones. I was like, oh my gosh, well, that's Kimmy. Gimbley. She is all bones. <laughs> she is. Very, she's always just she's been bones. She's a very bony yeah. person. Um, um, I do feel bad because seemingly Jesse and Becky hate their children. And they grew up to be just they don't like their cavemen. Kids. Oh yeah, that's, they hate yeah. their oh, the twins. Yeah, they're the twins. dumb. They're dumb. Well, they're dumb. They're dumb. And they're dumb. They're bad actors. Yeah. Well, right? are they I think the we same all, kids? I think we all knew yeah. that they though back be. then. They Right? No, they yeah. were two mop top blonde boys. Uh, and we're like, you're not as charming as Michelle. Like, get off the screen. That's how yeah. I always yeah, feel yeah. when they're yeah. uh, on the original. That's a good point. And, and that's just... how I felt this. So yeah. maybe that was a, a kudos to Jeff Franklin for that. Yeah. He's like, I know that nobody really likes That was the most real part of it for me. <laughs> and especially how Becky was like baby crazy. She just wanted to start over again. She didn't. <laughs> she wanted to just erase the past. Like, er- like she just wanted to forget she gave birth to these Wait, wait. And there's kids. two of them? Oh, no. <laughs> you know, they get so upset when they're talking to them that it leads to them um, spitting out their champagne. And that's how we get to learn about one Classic. of DJ's kids. His, like, defining characteristic. He likes to clean. Yeah. But Where then later... Get that. Later we find out that he maybe doesn't like to clean that much. Can you imagine being Bob Saget's grandchild? It'd be great. Can you imagine if you got a uh, a morning TV show that would be national, an incredible accomplishment with your co-anchor from your small show in San Francisco, but then one day we're just like, nah, I'm not going to do it. I'll stay here. Yeah. What was that? He's just like, nah, we're just, we're not going to do this <laughs> shit. What? <laughs> You can't just He's back like, you need out. to be prepared to make that decision. Yeah, yeah. There's you a lot of anything calls yet? There's probably a contract You can't here. get out of that. Who's gonna, exactly. <laughs> You're going to destroy your career. And then decides to go at the end. Flip-flops. Yeah. And, you know. She talks I will say, though, the device her. that they use, which is, you know, DJ is frazzled. She has She's these three kids. Her husband yeah, just man. died. Luckily, one of them likes to clean, I suppose. But... The craziest thing, I mean, she's got a lot on her plate. At yeah. one point, Steve brings in Comet Junior Junior. He's carrying her, and he throws a full-size golden retriever into DJ's hands, and she yeah. has to go deliver the babies. Right. I mean, she she's she's working. So then she doesn't ask for help. She doesn't want any help. Yes. Too proud. Yeah. Right. So she becomes overwhelmed at one point. She goes upstairs, and I thought it was I thought it was touching. She's with the baby and she starts to cry. But all the adults hear her, hear her on the baby, baby monitor, monitor right. which is so sad. Yeah, I mean, sad. imagine if that truly happened. Like, mm-hmm. how devastating. But still not enough to give up a nationally syndicated show, <laughs> no. right? Yeah, not when there's other very basic child care options that if you were <laughs> if you were working a nationally syndicated show you'd probably say you know why don't I help you financially and we'll get right, to get right. but I will say well, that that's, the solution is just always to just move in more hands the better yeah exactly so just bring that's more what they know that's the, that's yeah know. that's the Tanner way <laughs> I will say um, I, you know I have a uh, a one year old daughter at home and that part did uh, that part did get me a little bit mm-hmm. when she's like, and I've only got one, mm-hmm. but when she's like, this is overwhelming. I don't yeah. know if I, yeah, this is gonna be hard. I'm like, man, yeah, that's that's a relatable struggle. That's yeah. a relatable moment in yeah. this series. So. I got a little teary. I'll be yeah. honest. I'll, you know, I, what, I looked over at Maya. She wasn't as teary. No. She was just kind of okay. like, this is weird. <laughs> it got me well, a little bit. It got me. Yeah. I I I do think Full House and and now Fuller House they do tough talks well, yeah. and I think that's <laughs> yeah. why. It was so popular is because they did always have that moral at the end. And yeah. they always had a coming together. And, uh, you know, I think they do that really well. Well, Danny says, so going back to that. to that, the initial pilot, 
Danny says at the end of it, uh, DJ's upset because she has to move in with Stephanie. That's kind of their arc for the first episode because Stephanie's moving into mm. her room and she, she doesn't want to share oh, right. a room. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And he says, he's like, oh, how do I fix this? He's like, oh, your mother was always so good at just saying the right thing and, mm-hmm. and fixing it. So I almost feel like the story of Full House in a lot of ways is Danny learning to fill that role that Pamela filled and be able to say yeah. the right thing to the kids because often it would end with him being like hey here's what happened today and here's why we yeah. have to you know mm-hmm. like you know so that's that kind of like is i'm sure that'll be something that continues in i this hope series. with dj I, I imagine at the end of a lot of the episodes dj will will deliver lesson yeah. maybe i mean yeah. i hope so it's, it's hard to tell because we didn't have time for that this episode no you know it was just there yeah, we're gonna right. do the, <laughs> so, beat the so many applause breaks yeah yeah um, and dances <laughs> Full dances. I don't know. I don't know. I think it just. I think it just speaks to the whole thing of like, I like this stuff existing when it existed, Mm -hmm. and sometimes bringing it back just doesn't. I don't know when it's ever a good idea. Well, I guess I'm torn because it's like I do want it back, but I want it to be the exact same way. But it can't be the exact same way. So it's weird when they try to make it the exact same way, and it's it's very complicated. Where do we think it's going from here? Will she get? I mean, she'll get back with Steve. It's hard to say. I think she's I back know. with Steve by the end of the first season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are they going to do another one? Or are they already doing another I have no season? idea. I, I, feel I guess like, it just came out. I feel <laughs> like I don't know. They'll have to read the reviews. Yeah. I, I mean, the know. thing about Netflix is, is like they're not reliant on on uh, ratings at all. So yeah. they could keep do, doing totally these even if people game. are yeah. enjoying them. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what's in store for these. I hope. I hope that... This show is just kind of the same. Every episode is immoral and it's about these kids because you know what? It would be great for a new generation to, although do they need that? Because they still have the old one, but I just, um, it's probably going to continue to be so heavily self-referential. It's kind of like the like, and this is a different situation, but like the family guy element of like mm-hmm. somewhere around like season four, family guy becomes completely aware that it's a television show and mm-hmm. then spends the next 20 seasons or whatever, like constantly breaking the fourth wall and being like, it's just what we do on this show. Yeah. And like that to me kills a TV show. Yeah. So for, like I said, for this one to break the fourth wall, like five Almost minutes in, have everyone look out at the audience. You're like, mm-hmm. But you're right. What you want it to be is just more Full House. Just mm-hmm. a new series of lessons about growing up and, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. being a kid with this great backdrop that's already there. Right. Is that what it's going to be? We can find out right after this because all 12 episodes <laughs> or whatever are, are right Fair on there point. already, you know. Yeah. And Do we I, want to? Yeah. <laughs> right. That's the real question. Right. Like, am I going to watch another one? I'll probably watch like two more I don't know. That's that's where I first what I first see. I think it's I think it's a unique type of pilot because they had to get a lot out of the way in the first one. They had to give get a lot of you know reintroductions and you know the audience going wild and the you know they have to get that out of the way and and so this pilot I feel like is different than a lot of pilots because I think episode two is when it's going to start getting into like you know actual story and you know. Will you guys watch more? I mean, I can't say I'll watch the whole thing. But I'll watch probably a couple more. I, I just want to know what yeah. is yeah. next. My wife is a bigger Full House fan than I am. So it'll be on. I'm pretty sure she's going to watch the whole thing. <laughs> and maybe I'll be there for some of it. Maybe right. I won't. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, I imagine that we're going to be watching. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll watch it, at least some of it. The I think like the jokes in it just like weren't very good. No. Like, yeah. you know, like, like. I get that you're right. They have all this exposition that they mm-hmm. have to do. It kind of felt to me like they were like, screw it. Let's, we can punt most of the jokes in this episode because mm-hmm. everyone's, the nostalgia mm-hmm. factor is just going to be way up. That's mm-hmm. all we need. Yeah. So the question is in these following episodes, do they bump up the quality of the writing? Oh, will it be funny? Because I, I do think the original was funny. It is funny. It you know? is funny. So, yeah. I don't know. It's we'll charming, see. is what it is. Yeah, this it's was so charming. charmless. I have to say, this pilot was charmless. Not, not, for a, not like John Stamos' face and Lori Loughlin. Yeah. They were I would say it was lacking know. in charm. Yeah. I would say there yeah. were moments, right. Maybe flashes of the too pen. Harsh, yeah. I mean, it was definitely not the same charm as the original, well, for sure. Whatever happened to predictability? Here it is, guys. <laughs> yep. You can exactly. see this one coming a mile away. We've been 29 years later, we got the answer to that question. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, there is a moment 
after the episode, immediately when it ends, that did get me and I thought was very sweet. Oh, I cried. Oh. Yeah. Which maybe we should leave for uh, the the viewers to experience okay. for themselves because I really don't want to ruin it. You know? Yeah, I paused. It was redeeming and it really oh. made me feel like, okay, well, you know what? It this really does. It, you forgive the whole you thing. You totally do. I forgot it till just now. I'm I like, was in tears. I was like, this is beautiful. I love like those so sweet. Jerks, they got they us. Got they got they, us. Got they us. do know what they're doing oh after my God. all. Oh boy. Well, um so well, thank you so much hey, for talking about this with us, Daniel. Uh anything you wanna plug, promote? Uh, yeah, I'm in the Second City Main Stage show, Fool Me Twice, Deja Vu. It plays Tuesday through Sunday. So if you, you know, if you got a free night, yeah, if you're come in check Chicago, it out. Yeah. yeah. Great. Well. And I'm on Twitter at Daniel Strauss. Great. All right. Cool. All right. Well, thanks a thanks, lot. Daniel. This is yeah. fun. Thanks, guys. I'll ask the sky just what we had. Ooh, it, it showed forever. Everybody help out here. Forever, forever. Now, before we begin, yes. Ma- do I disavow any knowledge of you and our relationship? No, or- no, I'm going to say okay, something. Fine. Yeah. All right. Uh, we are here with Tim Kazarinski, uh, perhaps best known for Saturday Night Live and... Police Academy. Yes, often yeah. recognized as Sweet Chuck from Police Academy. Yep. Um, and also as one of, my, one of my favorite roles, Hugh on Curb Your Enthusiasm, as in fuck Hugh. Hugh. No, no, no. <laughs> fuck Hugh. <laughs> um, uh, you just did a year on the road as the wizard in Wicked. Uh, actually, yeah, almost a year and a half oh as my gosh. the Wizard of Oz. Yes. It's, and it's, then- it's, it's, um, it's good to be king. It's great to be wizard. <laughs> <laughs> and then last summer you did an act of God on Broadway with Jim. Parsons. I made that. Yes, I um, I turned sixty five in March. Uh, collected my Medicare card and then did my first Broadway show. <laughs> oh, I wasn't quite ready for the rocking chair. Uh, my <laughs> wife did her first Broadway show forty two years ago, and I just did my first one. <laughs> and your wife being my aunt, so uh, actually right. Tim Kazarinski is my uncle, and this is going to be really interesting because. We always talk about grandma. Like, I haven't actually talked to you that much in depth about your career. So, <laughs> we talk mostly, mostly family. About grandma. Well, you've got a lot to learn about my career. <laughs> uh, so, uh, where do we begin? I, I mean, I guess we start at Second City. This I do know. You were working for Leo Burnett, writing copy, correct? Exactly. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, well, and, uh, I, uh, I used to, I was scared shitless of, of presenting my, it was right out of Mad Men. You had to present your storyboard at Burnett, uh, what they call the CRC, the Creative Review Committee. Three guys in gray suits, all smoking, uh, uh, parliaments and mm-hmm. then Marlboro when we got the Marlboro account. Um, but it was, uh, so overwhelming that, and I was so nervous, I would, uh, and somebody said, well, you know, take a public speaking course at uh, Dale Carnegie or a class at Second City. So I took a class at Second City and absolutely fell in love with it. It was, uh, it was about just doing it for entertainment. And then they offered me a job. That's <laughs> great. I mean, ideal. Yeah. Uh, once you were part of Second City, did you still think of yourself as as an as a writer? I absolutely did, uh, because uh, my dear friend George went and uh, his wife Bernadette Burkett, that they used to say between them they came up with this this phrase that uh, that uh, improv is the bastard child of acting and writing, and I thought it was one of the best descriptions ever, and it really was. Uh, my whole time I was a Second City, I f- just figured I never thought I was an actor. I just I'm up on my feet on stage writing. That's what I was doing. And uh, so when Dick Ebersol came to town and um, um, was picking my brain, I had left Second City already and gone up to Canada to work with John Candy on a show called Big City Comedy. I had written the pilot. Then, oddly, they needed an American actor in the cast, or a percentage of them, so they asked me to go up and do that. So one of the greatest times of my life doing uh-huh. a series, a sitcom sketch series with John Candy. Uh, but then Ebersol came to town and was took me out to dinner and was picking my brain, and I'm just telling him, oh, do this, do that. Hire Mary Gross, um, 
you know, Piscopo, mm-hmm. Eddie Murphy, mm-hmm. and like, I'm, and I had no idea. Then he asked, he offered me a job, and I was sitting there, rather drunk in the pump room, thinking. <laughs> Oh my God, I just got hired as a writer at Saturday Night Live. And, he, and about 10 minutes later, he says, Have you got your AfterCard? I said, Why would I need oh my, my AfterCard? And he said, Well, everybody in the cast has to be After. I said, What do you mean in the cast? And he said, well, Yeah. I, I, I said, You want me in the cast? He said, Yeah. What'd you, why'd you think I hired you? I said, As a writer. And he said, You write? It's like, oh my God, the world is upside down. I thought I was a writer and he thought I was an actor yeah. and neither one of us were right probably. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, I mean. It's a weird moment. Yeah. So when you got to SNL, was that really your first experience in front of the camera? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I had done a few commercials in right. Chicago and I had, as an ad man, had, you know, been on set for commercial shoots and stuff, but doing a 30 second spot for Oldsmobile uh, is not the same as, you know, doing a television show. And um, I had actually big city comedy. I was a writer, actor, a performer on that show, but that was not live. It mm-hmm. was, you know, SNL is right. a whole different beast. Because it's a 90-minute live show, and it's crazy, you know, nothing can really prepare you for that. Yeah. It's probably a good transition, too, because you're still in front of an audience. Yeah. You know, much like Second City, and now you're in front of the camera, and it was probably a good training ground to get in front of the camera, right? Yeah, yeah. It's quite quite frightening, and... uh... Uh... Well, I just kind of had. A, so, were you writing at all on SNL? Oh God, or, yeah, yeah. Okay. I was, yeah, I was collecting a salary as a as a writer and as a performer. So it was that was not very nice for me. And so, when you were writing for guests who weren't necessarily actors, I'm guessing that there were maybe some guests who were uh, athletes or people who were public figures but not weren't necessarily actors. Were you it particularly because a lot of people did not want to host when Dick Ebersol had taken over for Lorne. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, Lorne left the show after five years. Then Jean Domanian came in for a year, kind of shot herself in the foot. Um, and um, then Dick Ebersol, who was the studio exec on the first five years, got hired to do right, uh, it, right. the show for the mm-hmm. next five years. And so I worked for him. And there was a kind of an unspoken thing. Certain people, a lot of people wouldn't guest host on our show because out of loyalty to uh lauren so yeah. it was weird you know we things got turned down and uh uh we had, we had host hosts like the newsman edwin uh, uh edward uh, newman edwin edwin newman um the uh, george mcgovern the <laughs> presidential candidate weird. we had mayor Koch, uh and uh just odd yeah sort of uh and, and occasionally we had uh, an asshole like um, uh, Robert Blake. Oh, oh wow. man. Yeah, yeah. Whoa. So, uh, who were some of your favorite guests that you worked with? Oh my gosh. Um, let's see. Uh, probably the my absolute two of my favorites were Johnny Cash. Amazing. Oh my God. Who was I? Just followed him around like a puppy dog for the week. That's he so was cool. amazing. Uh, and I think he just sort of come out of detox, and he was like as red as a lobster and sweating a lot, and I'm. And, you know, and people were going, you know, they were avoiding him. And I was going, it's Johnny Cash. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to hang him. <laughs> he was wonderful. Uh, one of the loveliest men you'd want to meet. Uh, and Stevie Wonder, uh, wow. who was yeah. an absolute hoot. Um, and I was an enormous Stevie Wonder. What happened, one of the weirdest stories, uh, many years before when I was an ad man at Leah Burnett, I was out in Los Angeles and have, shooting a, a TV commercial. And a couple of my friends from the agency said, oh, my God, there's Stevie Wonder's at the next table. I'm going, oh, my God, Stevie Wonder. Oh, Jesus. So when he left, he wiped his lips with his, his napkin and then left. I went to the table oh and I took God. his napkin. Wow. And because it had Stevie Wonder's curried <laughs> lip prints on the napkin. Wow. And, I'm glad you're my uncle, so I can call you a freak. Yeah. Well, you know what I did? I get you know, twenty years later, I gave that napkin to your dad to auction off. Uh, oh my for, god! For the Kiwanis in Hillsdale, Michigan. Oh, interesting. So, yeah. Wow. So who knows who has that? Shout napkin. out to my dad. So yeah. 
Dave. And uh, yeah, and I actually told him that story when uh, he hosted Saturday Night Live, and he said I was I was kind of a sick. Didn't you say it was wasn't your mom also at the yeah, at SNL? When that was the only. I, I had flown. I'm from Australia originally, and I had actually flown my mother over from Australia. She had no idea what I was doing over here. I've <laughs> been over here a long, long time, and uh, so I um, I brought her to the show, and this is and she arrived and on a Thursday night, and I had somebody bring her to the studio, and so um, it was. I introduced my mother. To the great Stevie Wonder, and I said, "Stevie, this is my mom. Mom, this is Stevie Wonder." And my mother said to him, uh, "Please to meet you, Mr. Wonder. My son tells me you're a musician." <laughs> and I, he laughed so hard, he turned to me and he said, "She has no idea, right?" I said, "Stevie, she has no idea." <laughs> And for the rest of that week, he would, you know, he would say, where's Mrs. Kaz? I need a laugh. <laughs> he loved her voice. So uh, he's sweet. a sweet man. Sweet. Um, you were later on Curb. Did you know Larry David from SNL days or how did, how do you, how did you get involved with Curb? No, actually I had, <laughs> it was actually Jeff Garland. Thank you, Jeff. I was, um, I had written a screenplay for Granada and Showtime uh, set in Liverpool. It was called, it ran in England as My Beautiful Son, and in the United States it ran as Strange Relations. And it, I got nominated for a BAFTA, a British Academy Award in the UK, and Julie Walters, I didn't win, but Julie Walters <laughs> won for Best Actress, and she was brilliant in the movie. Yeah, it's very And uh, uh, George uh, was in that, too. Uh, Paul Reiser was amazing as well. Um, and um, they, um, so I was out there. I'd been nominated for a Writers Guild Award for Best Screenplay. So I was going out, and I told Jeff Garland, and he said, would you do a curve? I said, of course I would love to do a curve. Yeah. And so that's how that came about. Uh -huh. And then from that, I met Larry David. I didn't know Larry David from a bar of soap. Okay. But I had a, a really delightful time doing that show. Uh, and my, uh, I did a couple episodes. A Nanny from Hell uh, is was the title of the one that's really right. Really fun. Sherry O'Terry's in there. Yeah, Sherry is really everybody's funny in there. Yeah, um, I mean, I imagine that's a super fun set to work on. It couldn't be more fun. It's really, it's really terrific, terrific fun. And, uh, um, and you know, the only really kind of Larry has the uh, idea for the outline of the show. He's got like a three by five card or a sheet of paper and it just and you go in and say okay now we're gonna have a scene and we're gonna talk about investing in the restaurant and how we might find a chef and then everybody will leave and then you and i'll talk about you know the, the your pool party and then i'll talk about your your son's dick and I'm like, <laughs> okay and, and so you do it and then uh larry will say well that was good that was good now i like this thing that thing that thing and now just get mad you know when we fight, get madder at me, and bang, and that's it. And you do it a couple of times, bang, and it's all improv, mm -hmm. no script. Then move on to the next scene. It's so much fun. Yeah. It was a delight to work. Yeah, yeah. With. Well, and you were in that season where they were, he had the restaurant, right? Mm -hmm. And you yeah. were one of the investors in the restaurant. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was a fun, fun season. It was the, with the Tourette's chef. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think in terms of writing solo and writing with a partner. Um, maybe you could just talk a little bit about well, preferences and what and, and what your experience has been working with a partner and what that brings to a project and like in terms of just chemistry and um right because after after SNL you uh went on and I primarily growing up thought think and I think of you as a screenwriter um you w wrote the screenplay for About Last Night with Denise DeClue, right? Right. Um, uh, we started out on My Bodyguard, a lovely little film that Tony Bill directed. Um, and we pretty much rewrote all the dialogue of that. We added characters and it was wonderful. Uh, and Tony was a great director and he actually gave us a half of a point. We split a half of a point on that movie. We got a quarter of a point. Oh, on, the, on the movie, which to this day was the only profit participation that I ever saw any money on, uh, and on points, you know, we had like five points on about last night. Never saw a nickel. Oh my but god! My bodyguard made uh, 
But actually, Bernie Sondland said it made so much money so fast, they just couldn't hide it. So <laughs> that's why they had to pay us. So uh, it was a lovely experience. And But I had written solo in the ad business. And then you get to Second City and you're working with other people. So you, that's where you, I started to collaborate as a writer. Mm-hmm. And then Denise and I, Denise DeClue, is a wonderful, brilliant writer. She and I were together for 19 years Uh and uh, as writing partners, as writing partners, <laughs> yes, writing partners, yeah, yeah. Wikipedia once had us as as a married couple, and uh, which was sort of surprised my wife. Um, and um, so that that was a, a my greatest collaboration. Uh, and sh- uh, then at Saturday Night Live, every year we had a writing staff of about sixteen people. So that collaboration dance, it's like Dancing with the Stars. Can you tango? Can you do the pas de beret? Can you do a pas de doble? Can you do a, mm-hmm. you know, it's like mm-hmm. certain people you could write with, certain people mm-hmm. you couldn't. Um, Michael McCarthy and I wrote uh, together quite a bit. Uh, and there were some people you just kind of hit it off with. And uh, um, I brought a couple of Chicago writers in, um, Elliot Wald and Nate Herman, and they were huge contributions to the show. Um, but um, yeah, it's, it's not easy to collaborate. The The virtues of collaboration are, uh, and this was the great thing for 19 years with Denise, somebody's going to be there in the office at 9 a.m. you got to show up and be there. Yeah. And that was the great thing is that gets me out of bed, gets me in the office, mm-hmm. and no matter how you know much we'd had to drink the night before, mm-hmm. you're held uh, responsible. You know, even if I was a hungover, yeah. I had to be there. You know, right. it, yeah. And you get, the, you get something done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What would you say is probably the point in your career that was like the the epitome the breakout moment or uh, being writing or uh or acting yeah that's a, that crossroads for me where i i i leapt into a 20 years career as a screenwriter uh, after we'd done my bodyguard um started to work on a project uh, a David Mamet one-act play called Sexual Perversity in Chicago right. um we it started at Paramount uh and it ended up uh, over at TriStar, uh, over a, the course of seven years, we Denise and I rewrote. It was called Sexual Perversity in Chicago. Mm-hmm. We wrote thirteen full drafts. Uh, Denise's son Travis. Well, somebody once asked him what his mother did for a living, and he said she writes this thing called Sexual Perversity in <laughs> Chicago. Um, <laughs> we did it obsessively. Um, however, it, it, um, after it was made, at it became an enormous uh, success. Right. Probably uh, it, one of the most it, iconic films of the 80s, right? Of the 80s, yeah. right. And, yeah. and of course, right before it was released, all three networks, mind you, this was before cable, mm-hmm. uh, said that they would not take advertising for a film with such a salacious title as Sexual Perversity in Chicago. They changed the title to About Last Night. Okay. Uh, and it was with Rob Lowe, Demi Moore, Jim Belushi, and Elizabeth Perkins. And it was a a big hit in the dating scene, and it was a big hit for us. And it got us, you know, a 20-year career as screenwriters. And, uh, um, um, and long enough that it was just recently remade as an African-American version. With, oh, uh, right, right. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's, but it was like 20 years later. It's like, oh, she's... I'm a dinosaur now. But. <laughs> did you see the Did you see the remake? Of no, it? but I read the script. Okay, I read the script. I haven't seen it yet because I was on the road with Wicked in mm. in New York. But I I will give it a look. See, you like uh, had to read it to be like, is this my writing or not? Yeah, yeah. can I? You well, know. they gave us a you know based on a screenplay by Tim and Denise. So you know people okay. were going, hey, I saw your name on a billboard. But gotcha. Uh, but uh, anyway, that was uh, that was the big breakout movie for us. I feel like growing up, I was most. You know, we'd be down at Navy Pier or something, and people would just be like, it's Sweet Chuck, you know? Sweet Chuck, yeah. Sweet Chuck was kind of the role that people probably most often ident- like yeah. recognize you from, yeah. right? Yeah. The um, oddly, uh, I did three of them. Uh, uh, Bob, as Bobcat said, to do any more, we'd have been whores. Um, That's but, the, uh, the Police Academy the movies. The Police Academy yeah. movies, yeah. No, I they were great fun, and I made lifelong friends with everybody in the cast, and the producer Paul Maslansky was great, and I, I loved him. And but it was like they made a billion dollars when a billion dollars was a lot of money. Yeah, they they were seen around the world, and you know I it's ridiculous. I in 
in the, the nether parts of Mexico, I've gotten like <laughs> free motorcycle rides, <laughs> rentals from a guy who, well, Policia Academy. Yeah. Good God, it was just, it was amazing. Yeah. Uh, They're constantly playing on yeah. Comedy Central or TBS or, well, you know, whatever. But the, the weird perks are like, like at, at a, I remember at a, a health club I went to one time, and the guy was like, sweet chuck, oh my God. Five towels. Like, what are you going to do with five <laughs> towels? You know, I, I went to a deli in New York and was like, I was like, sweet child, I'll take care of you. He gave me a corned beef sandwich that was so tall. It was like, you could not, I mean, Richard Kind could not have fit it in his mouth. <laughs> I mean, it was like, you would have to remove three quarters of the corned beef to actually wrap your teeth around the sandwich. It was like, feed the whole family. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, can I get a doggy bag for this extra pound and I have a corned beef I got here? That's the only kickbacks I ever got from being sweet chuck. Yeah. Um, do you have anything coming up, or what, what's your, what's going on right now? No, I'm still uh, um, doing penance and making amends for being on the road for a couple of years and with Wicked and in yeah. New York. So I'm uh, just getting my uh, my house in order and getting caught up on fixing up the yard and the house and you know all, all the stuff that <laughs> went to seed while I was out of town. So. Yeah, uh, but I'll do. Oh, um, uh, I'll do something again soon. So, uh, yeah. I've actually been sort of turning down work, you know, which is nice. Yeah. All right, we have a little game uh, to play. It's called Crashed Pilots. Oh uh, yes, and we will read you three log lines. Uh, one is a real failed television pilot, and the other are two that we've written. <laughs> it probably um, is one that I wrote. <laughs> 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 uh, Maya, why don't you start? All right. This first one is called Malibu Country. After her good old boy rock star husband cheats on her and burns through most of their money, Reba, played by Reba McIntyre, divorces him and moves her three kids and mom from Nashville to the only asset they have left, a little house in Malibu. There, she'll try to reignite her own singing career and keep herself and her kids from being corrupted by the materialistic Malibu world she now calls home. Lily Tomlin plays the mom in this failed pilot for ABC. Mm-hmm. All right. And that one was called Malibu Country. Malibu Country. I'm writing this down. Malibu All right. Country, yeah. uh, the second one is called Sexy Baby. When aging model Sean Daniels, played by Josh Dumel, is left as a single father after his girlfriend hits the road, he thinks his career is over. That is, until his best friend and agent helps him realize that good genetics run in the family. As he navigates the foreign world of baby modeling, he learns some a little about parenting, but a lot about himself. Gina Davis also stars in this quirky, yet warm-hearted take on fatherhood that is slated for this fall on TBS. Hmm. That is Sexy Baby. Sexy Baby. And number three. The Rise. Shy box office employee and superfan Sarah Shutt, played by Jordan Sparks of American Idol fame, knows every word to the Broadway show she works for. After one of the stars of the show has a nervous breakdown, the director hears Sarah singing at the top of her lungs in what she thought was an empty auditorium. Once cast, Sarah must navigate the delicate egos of co-stars, the jealousy of chorus girls, and the overnight rise to stardom. Oliver Platt plays the director in this pilot that was made for Fox, but was not picked up. All right. Oh so boy, so tough. Uh, sexy so tough. baby, Malibu sexy baby. country, or the rise? Uh, I'm going to like work from the bottom up. I'm gonna eighty six. Uh, uh, sexy baby. Uh, that'll be my first one to go, and that'll leave it down between Malibu country and the rise. And I tempted to go with Reba, but I'm actually gonna go with the. Uh, with the Jordan Sparks and the Rise. Oh, it was Malibu Country. It was. Got it. One. Damn it. I uh, feel like Reba has a show like every year. She, she has does. a new show. Uh, right? Yeah. You know, I, the, the attrition rate, she probably did 15 different pilots. So. <laughs> probably. But yeah. doesn't Sexy Baby sound good? <laughs> I like it. I like it. I yeah. mean, not a lot has been done about baby modeling. So, I mean. So, I, I could see Sexy Baby as a film. Uh, <laughs> but not as a series. The, not, the extendability, I can't see. But. Well, those uh, the two fake ones we were written uh, – for Sean Daniels and Sarah Shot, two of our Kickstarter backers, who Woo! we promised uh, <laughs> some. Uh, we promised we'd write them a logline. Right. So. Oh, there that you is go. so great. Yeah. Well, there you go. I see. I took the bait. Yeah, there you, you go. Did. <laughs> <laughs> Worked. All right. Well, thank you, Tim. Uh, thanks for being on our third episode. Great. Yeah. I guess we can go call Grandma now or something. <laughs> <laughs> right. Absolutely. Thank you. Bye. My pleasure. Well, there it is, Maya. 
Yeah. Um, I do have to say, that interview with my uncle was the most nervous I've gotten so far. I know. I was surprised. Eh, I don't know. There was a little, I felt like a lot of pressure because I want to make him proud. I get so. that. Um, yeah. But now I know you've watched a little more Fuller House since we recorded. I have. I have. I Any felt updates? like I really needed to, to delve deeper into that. And I think that uh, it does get better after the pilot. Okay, it really does. Um, I also wanted to let you guys know, I know we were sort of ripping on Uncle Joey saying that all of his impressions are outdated. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he actually does a current impression. What is it? Is it? Is it okay if we spoil it? I think we should spoil it just to put your, you know, to ease your nerves. But uh, (laughs) he does an impression of Neil deGrasse Tyson farting. Well, I don't really feel like that's a spoiler because I have no idea what that would sound like. You'll have to watch and find out. Good. Thank you, Uncle Joey. (laughs) Um, I I mean, I I, I still have to keep watching. You have to. Uh, if you are a new listener, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. And rate and review us. And also feel free to visit our website, pilotcopilots.com, to send us a message or suggest shows to watch or to join our mailing list. Yeah. We are Pilot Copilots on Instagram and Twitter. No hyphen in any of that stuff. And um, and like our Facebook page. Yeah. Uh, Pilot Copilots is produced by Evan Watkins and Maya Boudreau with music by Chris Ryan. And thank you, thank you, thank you to those final Kickstarter backers who supported us. Jag Quimby, Will Kinnear, Valerie Graham. David Watkins, uh, Bailey Carr, Patrice Martin, and Kate Friedman. That's it, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs>